Good morning and good coffee, everybody. Hey, it's time for some morning coffee with Larry, and I am glad that you are here joining with me today for a nice hot cup of mm, that nice bitter goodness in the morning. <laughs> well, I am making a recording a little bit earlier. I woke up and I was not overly groggy still, and I thought, well, I need to make another podcast. It's been a little bit, <clears throat> and I apologize for that. Uh, it's just there's been a lot of things keeping me busy out here on the farmstead. We have two sets of chicks that are growing. One set we got about, gosh, four weeks ago, I guess. Uh, maybe not that long. It doesn't seem like it's been that long. But uh, they are our meat birds. And they are growing quickly. Um, they are the Cornish cross variety. So they will be ready to uh, go to freezer camp, as we call it, uh, on the, uh, their ninth at, after uh, nine weeks. So they are very fast growing birds. They're ferocious eaters. I think they're, you know, if I went in there without muck boots and you know, long pants, uh, I think they would definitely be trying to eat my leg. Uh, they, <laughs> they are, they are something. <clears throat> and then we just got a week ago, I think it may have been a week ago today. Um, but we got some Australorps, which is our new breed for egg laying. And they are just cute. They are not fast growing. So they kind of still look like normal chicks where the other ones were, you know, twice their size in the same amount of time. But they're cute. They, uh, they will be a black chicken. <clears throat> and so we're kind of excited about them because they, uh, on average, lay over 300 eggs a year each. And that will be, that will be nice. Right now, we just have a few of our old chickens left over, uh, three hens and a rooster, and we get two to three eggs a day from them. Our ducks have been laying lots of eggs, and if you come across duck eggs, they are wonderful for baking. They just make everything fluffier, especially Jiffy cornbread. Uh, they do a great job with that. Mm. <sighs> Love that coffee. Anyway, it's still dark out. <clears throat> we have our big light that's off of our lodge uh, outside, and so you know we've got I got light kind of shining in the house, but it's still dark out there. So anyway, I thought I would uh, share something with you this morning uh, for our topic, and you know I've been doing uh, a fair amount of deeper pondering this week. Um, some of my friends from high school, their, uh, their father passed away. And uh, it's, it's led me to think a little bit deeper. You know, when I worked in hospice, <clears throat> I had a lot of windshield time because I covered 10 counties. And sometimes I would have an hour to an hour and a half between, you know, patient homes because we would go to the home to... Uh, provide our services. <clears throat> Excuse me, got a sticky throat this morning trying to get it <laughs> cleared up. 
Anyway, the uh, I would spend a lot of time pondering the deep side of life. You know, it's it's easy when everything's going your way and you can, you know, take on more things, you're doing more things, but it's kind of more superficial. And then something, you know, maybe takes you back a little bit, slows you down, puts a speed bump in your road. It makes you think about deeper things. And this happened pretty frequently in hospice. And it would happen also just with counseling. But in my retirement, um, I'm not encountering as many of those kinds of things with uh, you know, people I work with, worked with in the past. But this week, I've been pondering this a little bit more. And kind of pondering... How should we be? You know, for Christians, we are to follow the example of Christ. We are to follow, you know, the, there's the, uh, the verse, my paraphrase is, you know, if you want to follow me, you know, as far as Jesus, if you want to follow him, you need to take up your cross daily and do that. And there's been a lot of different ways that people have kind of interpreted that phrase. But... You know, one of the purposes uh, that, uh, that we have in the life of Jesus here on this earth is an example of, of how we are to be as his followers. And I came across a meme um, a couple of weeks ago, probably. It floated through my Facebook feed, and, and if I like it, I save it. I save a lot of memes. Uh, people who, you know, look through some photos on my phone, they're like, man, you got a lot of memes. And it's like, they're good little tidbits. Either they're a, a good, fun thing to ponder or a good, fun thing to laugh at. I try not to have, you know, bad things, you know, where it, it takes you down a, a painful or a hard road. I like things that make you think in a good way or makes you laugh. And so I tucked it away and I came across it. Uh, this week. And I thought I would share it with you this morning. Uh, It's short, it's sweet, but it also makes you stop and think. Makes you stop and think uh, on how we need to be. Not because we got to do this, but it's we want to do this. They're good things. So let me flip between programs here on the phone. And there we go. It says, hate no one, no no matter how much they've wronged you. Live humbly, no matter how wealthy you become. Think positively no matter how hard life is. Forgive all, especially yourself, and never stop praying for the best for everyone. Let's go back over these. Hate no one, no matter how much they've wronged you. I remember talking about this topic with a coworker many years ago well over a decade ago. 
And as we were having our conversation, and I thought it was just kind of, you know, kind of like an academic type of conversation, just hypotheticals. I could tell that things were taking a twist. Things took a turn for the personal because this person was really defending the anger, the unforgiveness, and yes, I would say the hatred that they had for someone who had wronged them long ago. And from what I could, you know, conclude from it, it was very likely, even though the person didn't specific, you know, specify, it was very likely some sort of childhood abuse. And what happens is there are things, situations, circumstances in life that for whatever reason, they don't find a natural resolution. You know, a natural resolution of forgiveness, letting go, apologies, those kinds of things. And if a person gets stuck in the anger, it can very easily grow into hatred. And one of the things that I have learned about hatred is it bleeds over into all areas of life. And this particular coworker, after this conversation, I could kind of see more clearly how that was impacting uh, a, her interpretation of a lot of things in life, just as we would talk about casual conversation kinds of things. You see, hatred doesn't really hurt the other person, the person who wronged you, because they're going to, you know, it, it, for a lot of times, that person may be gone. They may be dead. They may be moved. You don't have any contact with them anymore. But the hatred is staying alive in you. And you know what? It's poison. That's the best description I have of it. Hatred is poison that you're drinking. And sometimes if we've been doing that for a while, we almost need to go through a detox to get rid of it. Uh, because it's it's just there. And we may need the help of somebody else. We may need the help of a counselor, a therapist, a pastor, a priest, you know, a, a trusted friend who who is not feeding their own hatred all the time. Because if you get two people that are both fueled by hatred, um, they're just going to commiserate and justify it in each other. But it's destructive. It's corrosive. It affects every relationship in your life to some degree in a negative way. So we need to pursue hating no one. Because just because you forgive somebody doesn't mean that what they've done is okay. But hatred, 
It's just damaging. Hate no one, no matter how much they've wronged you. Because it's only hurting you, and it's not really hurting them. The second is live humbly, no matter how wealthy you become. Humility is a wonderful trait. I don't see a whole lot anymore. It used to be a recognized trait. Now there's always false humility out there where it's, you know, the person's trying to, you know, put on the airs of humility, but, you know, you see by their actions, their decisions, how they they present it. It's like, no, that's not true humility. You know, when I think about humility, um, I do think about the other part of that sentence. Live humbly, but no matter how, oh, no matter how wealthy you become. Um, there's all different kinds of wealth. There's financial wealth. There's relationship wealth. There's wisdom or knowledge wealth. Wealth is something that you have in a level of abundance, anything. And when we hold that wealth above others, we're not really being humble, are we? I watch a lot of the show, The Big Bang Theory. It's not always the best of topics, but I find the characters hilarious. And uh, especially the character um, Sheldon. And his lack of humility in even the smallest of things by his comments is is just it's it's humorous, but it's also it's an example that we don't want to follow. He knows he's smart, and if you get into the show Young Sheldon, that is kind of the prequel to it. <clears throat> you know the the way they created this character is, you know, from a very, very young age, he knows how he is smarter than anyone else. And he's proud of that. He is not humble. And uh, if you go all the way through both series, you eventually get to a place where Sheldon has changed. And it's in the last episode where he expresses genuine humility uh, in his acceptance speech for the uh, Nobel Peace Prize. You see, when we live in humility, we're able to connect and relate in a more genuine way with other people because we're not creating something behind us that gives us pomp and circumstance. What we're doing is we're connecting with people on the level where they are. Not saying they're below us. We're just, we're just not letting the other things get in the way. Jesus was ideal in that. I mean, he's God. He's the son of God. He's part of the Trinity. Yet he came down, was born as human, fully human, fully God. And he didn't live in a palace. 
He walked along the roads. He had dirty feet. He washed his own disciples' feet in an act of humility, genuine humility. So be humble. Live humbly, no matter how wealthy you become. Think positively, no matter how hard life is. Think positively. You see, there's bad crap all around us. I've talked about this in past podcasts over the past two years. There's bad things. There's things to worry about. I mean, when you, you know, see reports coming out about, you know, anticipated serious world food shortages. Well, here, we've never really had that as a huge issue nationwide. I don't know to what degree it's going to go. I see the different farm numbers. I pay attention to some of those things. Uh, I, you know, see some of the different international reports. And um, it's very easy to fall into fear, to not uh, be able to be positive. But you know what? We have to. <clears throat> when when a family member dies, it's really easy to think on the negative. Think about the loss. And yes, that's a part of the grief and recovery is understanding the loss and and the impact that it has. It's a change. But we can think about it in a positive way or we can keep our focus on the negative. Negativity keeps your focus on the problem. Positivity keeps you thinking about the future as you move through the problem. I've used this as an example. Um, about a half mile north of where I'm sitting, there's an old dirt road. It was a mile road. It's been closed off now. Uh, People used to go down there and with their four-wheel drives after a big rain and just ruin the road for the local farmers that would use it. So since no one was using it anymore, they dropped some trees uh, to uh, keep people out of it. But it it was my favorite dirt road. And there were great big water puddles in the road. And uh, just, it didn't matter. The rain could have been three weeks before, but there'd still be water. And if you're coming up with a car, just a regular car, and you see that mud puddle, that big mess, and you keep your focus on it as you try to go through, I'm going to bet a dollar you're going to get stuck. Because your focus, your intent, your everything centers around the mud hole. But if you're fo- if you recognize there's a mud hole there, but your focus is on the other side of it, and that you're going to get through it, I'll bet the dollar that you will, because you have a different focus point. So if there's troubles, if there's hardship, if there's loss, if there's whatever in your life that is negative, something that is negative, think about the other side. Think positively, no matter how hard life is. 
whatever the circumstances. I know, some of you may be going, well, that's easier said than done. Yes, everything important in life is easier said than done. If it was the other way around and easier done than said, we wouldn't complain about a cotton pick and chicken pluck thing. So, train yourself and live the practice of thinking positively. No matter how life, how hard life is, think about the other side of it. Forgive all, especially yourself. Forgiveness is a skill. It's a skill we have to practice. It's a valuable skill. It's something that we need to get good at. Why? Because if you don't forgive, you're living in unforgiveness, and that leads to the first thing we talked about, which is hatred. Forgive all, especially yourself. Why especially yourself? We can give the benefit of the doubt to other people, but we know our own intentions, our own thoughts, our own reasoning, our own rebellion when we do something wrong. And yes, sometimes what we do is pure rebellion, and we know it's wrong, and we, don't, we know we shouldn't do it, but we do it anyway. Why? We're sinful human beings. That's life. That's life right now. So what we need to do when we are wronged, when we are bothered by something, we need to practice forgiveness. Now, what is is forgiveness when you say, oh, that's okay? No, that's not forgiveness. Forgiveness, the way that I have taught My definition is we give up the right to retaliation for the sake of something greater. We give up the right to retaliation. Somebody has done us wrong and we choose not to continue the fight. We continue, we we choose to avoid a fight. We we choose to see the person differently. We choose to let go of the offense. We choose not to hold it against them. Why? For the sake of something greater. Maybe it's the relationship that we have with that person. They've wronged us. We're hurt. We don't like it. But the relationship is valuable enough We don't want to lose that. And so we choose not to hold it against them. Now, we may have to do some work at reconciliation because maybe that person is not in the best place in their life. Or maybe we've done something that wronged them and we weren't even aware of it. So we need to do reconciliation as a part of forgiveness Sometimes we're not able to reconcile. Maybe the person's still an enemy. They want to be an enemy. We don't, we we have an unfortunate situation. They're in our life. But you don't want to have it grow into hatred. So sometimes the sake of, uh, for the sake of something greater is our own sanity. It's for our own well-being. So forgiveness, like I said, it's a skill. The more you practice it intentionally, the better you get at it. 
And I found that in my own life. I used to not be a forgiving person. I spent the first, goodness, first almost half of my life, a little bit less than half. I keep getting older. Have you noticed that too? We all keep getting older. But uh, the first almost half of my life, I was not a forgiving person. I was picked on a lot. I had a lot of bullies. And I held it against them. And then I went through a period where I learned forgiveness for my own sanity. And it's been a skill that I've tried to practice every day since. And it has changed my life. So forgive all, especially yourself. Quit beating up on yourself. Quit being a bully to yourself. And finally, never stop praying for the best for everyone. Never stop praying for the best for everyone. Stop and think about that for a moment. Wow. Rather than praying when somebody does you wrong, praying for something bad to happen to them, pray for the best for them. You know, right now there's troubles in the world. Right now, there's plenty of bad people's names in the news. What do you pray for them? Or do you pray for them? Do you just ignore them in your prayers? Do you pray for, you know, their death? (laughs) Do you pray for bad things? Or do you pray for the best for them? Do you pray for the people who in politics are not on, you know, your, you know, they, they are, they're not on your team. There's a jerk who cuts you off in traffic or flips you off. Do you pray for the best for them? You see, if we get into a pattern of praying the best for everyone, everyone, What does that do to us? What kind of change does that make in us? Again, I gave examples of praying for people who have done us wrong, but praying for the people who have done us right. Do you pray for other people? Or is your your relationship with God a little bit more like the genie in the lamp? I, I, if I, if I pray and rub the, the lamp, will I get three wishes today? Yes, God wants to bless us. But one of the greatest blessings is when we ask God to bless others. You see what it does? It changes us. It changes who we are changes how we are. So let's go back to the top. What would happen a week from now, a month from now, six months from now, a year from now, if you took these little points, you wrote them down, you stuck them by your your computer screen, or you put them on the dashboard of your car, you taped them to the mirror in your bathroom, you stuck them on the fridge, you put them in multiple places so you thought about them a lot. What would happen a week from now, a month, 
six months, a year from now, if you intentionally thought about hate no one no matter how much they've wronged you, live humbly no matter how wealthy you become, think positively no matter how hard life is, forgive all, especially yourself, and never stop praying for the best for everyone. I don't think you'd be the same person, do you? I think you'd be an improved individual. And that's what we all need to strive to be. That improved individual every day of our life. Well, this has gone longer than I thought it would, but guess what? That that happens in so many of my podcasts. I hope this was helpful. I know I'm not doing podcasts as often as I did before, but hopefully they're better. And uh, I wish you the best. Today is Thursday, the 7th. Goodness, I don't know what happened to March. I don't know what happened to February. I don't know what happened to the past year. <laughs> but I hope April is is working out good for you. And I hope that these little suggestions and these times that we share a cup of coffee together uh, do help. All right. You take care. We'll catch you next time. Have a great one. Bye-bye.